What's going on, family? My name is Jake Taylor Jacobs. For those of you all don't know me, I'm a business developer. And what a business developer is, is somebody who goes and finds undervalued companies or they build companies from scratch and they, they build them and they scale them and they grow them um, uh, from there. So that's what I do. I'm a business developer. I got into the industry for some of you all that are new to me through the industry of insurance and financial services. I am the founder of Private Banking Blueprint, where I teach families how to build their own banking system. And I'm a proud manager of a company that we created from scratch, a conglomerate that's an eight-figure debt-free company. Uh, oh, God. You know what I'm talking about? So listen, I just want to do that quick introduction so that some of you all that are new to me know that, um, uh, know that I know what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm on the Forbes Business Council. Uh, I'm on the Forbes Business Council uh, for 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 doing something, accolades, some, some, some. Um, so uh, that's my introduction. I want to really get into information today. This morning, if y'all didn't know, if y'all haven't hit my page, I've been on one this morning. Uh, I couldn't sleep. I went to sleep around like 10 p.m., maybe like 9 p.m. Me and my wife had an early, uh, we had an early dinner. Got home maybe 9.48, around 10, 15, I went to sleep. Uh, at midnight, I've been up since midnight. Uh, my mind's been kind of twirling since midnight. And um, I put a couple of things up and I wanted to just kind of ponder on some things. I put my very first post was that renting can actually be what's going on, business bully. Uh, renting could actually be a, a an asset if used correctly. Right. But then after I put that post, because usually when I put posts like that, I just be trying to engage and then get people how they feel. But in this post, I actually gave context. And then in the description, I, I put more context uh, into it. And talking about that, and I'm going to read it to y'all, if y'all don't mind. I'm going to read it to you all, if you do not mind um, what I put on my Instagram. Because I want to I want to bring some light to a very, very sensitive topic that typically has a lot of us like, um, uh, I, I love you too, bro. Hey, listen, that literally, um, that literally has a lot of our people in a bind because we literally feel like we have to do this in order for us to have this st stability or this stable income. Um, so uh, I'm going to actually show y'all this. And a lot of times, let me just give y'all context. Let me just give you context real quick. I used to be a certified licensed teacher in the state of Texas. So we were taught when we create our license plans that not only am I supposed to give you uh, the lesson or the lecture that I have, but I need some type of factual, they call it evidence or research or data to be able to back up what I am saying. So what I am telling you is not an opinion. These are facts that are backed up by numbers that can literally prove exactly what I talk about on a regular basis. And I talk about that in my book. We are sick surviving financial cancer. I don't know where that book is right now. Uh, let me see. 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 Uh, we are sick surviving financial cancer. Here it is. So in my first book, in my first book, we are sick surviving financial cancer. This is where I statistically and scientifically prove how how consumer debt is the number one cause of death in Black America, not like physical death. And then in this book, I teach you how to build your own banking system. This is when I teach you how to build your family blueprint to make sure that you have your stuff in order. Okay, so one thing I want you to know before I get started with today's lecture is that I will never give you or teach you anything that I'm not doing for myself. Uh, because I think that that is like ass backwards, right? To have somebody who's lecturing you or giving you game on what to do financially, but they are not in the same position to be able to, or they're not 
um, they're not uh, implementing their own advice that they're giving. In the word of God, my favorite book, it says a poor man's words are not heard. They're despised. And so what that simply means is not saying that a poor man has no value. What it's saying that a poor man's words are not heard. They're despised. Simply saying that if you're somebody who is poor, that's somebody who typically that is somebody who typically lacks um, application. Yeah, uh, you can actually get this link in my bio. If you go to jaketaylorjacobs.com, jaketaylorjacobs.com, you can, you can actually get both books um, at jaketaylorjacobs.com. So a poor man's words and I heard they're despised, meaning that if somebody has a lot of information or value, you should see that value being implemented in their life. So if somebody's giving me game on financial stability or somebody's giving me game on budgeting, somebody's giving me game on the wealth game, I should be able to see the manifestations of the thing that they're speaking on or talking about in their life, not just them selling something in order to be able to make money off of me. Does that make sense? So I want to make sure that I do that. But I want to bring context. Uh, I want to bring context to today's uh, to today's lesson so that I can make sure that we all are looking at the same thing. OK, so uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me just do this. I'm going to do this right here. So uh, this morning, uh, this morning, let me see if I can put it like this. So this morning, I put a post up on social media. It's a swipe left, so I'm gonna read it so that we all can get context, um, and then I'm a, I'm a uh, then I'm gonna give my lecture off of this. Okay. So I talked about how paying rent is an asset, and this post is actually not my original post. It was another picture up here of a white man, uh, but I put my face right here because this is something I always talk about, and and just to bring you context that this is something I always talk about. Let me go. Let me go to. Let me go to my, uh, let me go to, uh, see, this is right here. Hey, Jake, I just wanted to check in. Uh, oh, no, 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 that ain't it. Here, here it is right here. Dr. Nadine is the one who uh, at me on here. She said, you always say this, Jake. This was the original fella. This was the original, uh-oh. Yeah, this was the original fella right here, but she added me. One of my advisors added me and said, this is something that you always say, Jake, paying rent is an asset. So I want to go back and I want to talk about this because uh, I want to bring I want to bring context to a lot of the stuff that I that I say so that you all can apply it properly in your life. So it says paying rent is an asset. Rent is not a liability. Rent can actually be an asset because you have no risk. You can walk out the next month. You can leave any time. Um, and you have total freedom. Freedom is an asset. Uh, this, uh, that's what wealthy people get. That's what they understand. And so then I go into context to, to, to give you my real thoughts on this. And I say, let's be real. We buy homes to fit in. Let's leave the whole investment, leaving a legacy bullshit to the side because everyone knows the easiest, most cost efficient way to leave a legacy for your heirs is through life insurance. And it's as simple as that. Purchasing a home for uh, for personal use is not an investment until the home is sold for profit or rented out for income. It is a never ending money pit. Seeing unstable people finance homes or get in debt to purchase a home that they already have in their mind that they're going to sell in a year or two is absolutely crazy. Also, I might add, most people who have rental properties are not out here winning like you think that they are. I'm a financial strategist by, by my license and certification and deal with tons of clients who deem, who are deemed quote unquote real estate moguls. But when you look at their income, they are bringing in net. It's like a regular job. Um, I compare purchasing, uh, purchasing and financing at home to college scam. I'm not saying college education is a scam. 
But pressuring children who are the age of 18 to make a life decision on their career, uh, having minimum exposure to life is ludicrous. So making people feel less than for not having a home like renting is a waste of money. It's crap. I rent. This is, this is me talking personally. I rent and will continue to rent until I feel it is the right moment for me to make such a large purchase. Several things, um, several things I look at when observing purchasing a home, neighborhood, convenience, accessibility to main highways, quality of environment, potential growth of my family, ideal places that complement my business, diversity, because whether you realize it or not, we live in a world that will always have more than just black people in it. So your children need to be in environments that can train them how to adapt with potential allies and navigate enemies. Notice I haven't said shit about what my house will look like or or the damn equity that's inside. I look at the upside of a city, new developments that can come to the area, quality of life and safety for my wife and my children. How far uh, we are from support. Um, uh, I can go on and on, but it's simple to me. If you can't get a home and pay it off in less than five years, you do not need that home. Sorry, not sorry. And please spare me your guru BS because I uh, I have more guaranteed wealth locked in at 29 than your guru's guru. And then um, I'm just going to read this right here to uh, give you context here. And this is just me talking about you know, numbers from our business and how many lives, you know, clients that we look at that that prove and back up what I am saying. But this is not the point that I'm making at this moment. But that is what what created me wanting to get up this morning and give you all a lecture on the cost of living versus a return of my investment. And it started it started with a young it started with a man. Um, Obali, it started with a man. His name is Obali. And Obali um, uh, was somebody who commented on my page and he had his input that he wanted to bring. And I'm actually going to bring that back up so that we can we can start to engage in um, um, in a higher level conversations from there. And let me just give you this real quick. Let me just give you this real quick. A lot of people, when it comes to this finance game, don't really understand. A lot of pre- a lot of people bring me their opinions of what they OG or guru that they looked after told them. When when with me, I spent my entire life actually looking up the numbers and getting the data analysis to prove my case in point. See, typically your gurus that you look up to usually when they have books. They're around this size. This was my start book. This is my this is my life's work inside of here, proving, um, uh, proving the things that I teach here. This is textbook size. I just I just wanted to say that before. Um. Okay, so this is uh, Obali. So uh, Obali says, "Hats off." Uh, to you, Big Jake, I guess uh, you know your stuff. I remember watching the program with you and Brother Ben X uh, and David and saying to myself, man, I wish. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Here it is. Let me go here. He says, Jake, I'm following your I'm following what you're conveying. But I guess mentioning that there are exceptions to the rule is obvious. Case in point, my mom's ex bought a home in Oakland Hills of California in, in uh, for 200,000 in the 70s. Now it's worth 1.2 mil. So as I need your com- uh so so as I read your commentary, I cannot totally agree. So uh, so in this case, we have cousin Obali who is saying, "Jake, I do not agree with your sentiment because his experience said um 
uh, my grandmother, my mom's ex bought a home for $200,000 in the 70s. And now today it's worth $1.2 million. Well, what people fail to realize is that there is something called the cost of living and it's always increasing. What you could purchase for a specific amount uh, in the 70s, you cannot get for the same amount. The, 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 the primary, and I hope y'all are taking notes. I hope I'm not just talking and y'all are just looking at me like, you know, crazy weirdos that are not actually taking notes on this advice I'm giving because I'm actually giving y'all free lecture, right? So here's the deal. So when you look at the cost of living going up versus the, the increase in value, well, we have to understand that increase in value and cost of living are not synonymous, meaning that, that um, one or the other doesn't truly benefit one of the other. It doesn't mean that when this goes up, that means this is better. There are two separate entities and value bases that you judge what you purchase or the investments that you buy in. Okay. So what do I mean? In the seventies, we're going to look up on Google. We're going to look up on Google how much we're going to look up on Google. How much was a gallon of gas in the 70s. Well, let's look at this real quick. Please don't ask me to get on get on live with me because I'm not I I I I'm not doing that. Okay. Um 1970 from 1970 from 1970 uh a gallon of gas was 36 cents. In 1970, a gallon, a gallon of gas was 36 cents. In 2021, the same gallon of gas is now $3. Now, the question I have to you is that um, for the same gallon of gas, if I were to say 36 cents from back in the day and said in 2021, I'm about to get me some gas, you will not be able to get a gallon's worth of gas. That means that 36 cents uh, in 1970 spends like $3 does today. Does that make sense? Press the number one if I'm making sense. So what it is saying is that in order for me to get the same gallon of gas that I would have received in 1970 for 36 cents, I have to spend $3 for the same gallon of gas. This is what you call the cost of living increasing. This is also what you call what you call the, the effects of inflation. What inflation does, it diminishes the value of your dollar. Meaning, 36 cents cannot get you what it could in 1970. This is simply saying this. So when people come to me and they say, well, my grandmama bought a house for a hundred, uh, um, uh, when they say that I bought my house for a hundred dollars and today it's worth $700, that means that my equity grew up in a house. No, that just simply means that the house sustained its purchasing power over time. It does not mean that the value of the house. Let me let me get let me let me go back to the gallon of gas. The gallon of gas is not more or less valuable today than it was in 1970. A gallon of gas was still needed to fill up the car for you to go to work. Still today, a gallon of gas is needed to fill up the car in order for you to go to work. So the cost of the gas going up it's not synonymous to the value of the gas increasing. It is just simply saying in order to get the same thing because of the cost of living increasing and inflation diminishing the dollar, it costs more for the same thing. 
So if you were to look at, he talked about, um, he talked about, uh, they got a house in Oakland Hills in California for $200,000 in the seventies. That must've been an immaculate house, right? It, that must've meant an immaculate house. So what that means, that means that that same house or the cost of living in, in California at the time, uh, the same house for $200,000, it would take $1.2 million to purchase that same house in California, which means what? People will look at that and say, Jake, well, back then it was $200,000. Today, it'll cost $1.2 to buy it. That means that the value of the house increased. No, that does not. It just means that because of the cost of living and the increasing of inflation, which I'm going to bring you to my stats because I like to bring you the facts. You know, tomorrow. I'm going to bring you I'm going to bring you my stats because I like to bring you my facts. Uh, uh. So, let me take you to my facts. <clears throat> let me take you to my facts. So, so what his argument was, was that uh, he bought a house for $200,000 in 1970 that is now worth $1.2 million today. Well, a couple of things that we have to realize. Okay, you bought your house for $200,000. Okay, awesome. But when you bought the house for $200,000 uh, $200, in 1970, it's equivalent in purchasing power of about $1.3 million today. So that means that $200,000 back then is the same equivalence to $1.3 million today. So that is simply just highlighting and proving my simple point. That the cost of living going up does not mean that your your um does that does not mean that the value of the asset or the property that you have is equitable or the same. Now here we go. Let's keep reading. Uh, an increase of one point one million dollars over fifty one years. The dollar had an average inflation rate of three point eight two percent per year between nineteen seventy and today. This is a cumulative price increase of 577%. So what this is saying right here is that the value of um, um, the cost of living increased 577%. The cost of living increased 577%. So that means, let's go back to the dollar, what you could purchase in 1970 or what you can purchase in 2021 will not be able to be a you will not be able to purchase that same thing at the same price point years from now. I'll give you I'll give you a better example. I'll give you a better example. I'll give you a better example. Are y'all following me? Press the number two if you're following me. Press the number, number, press number two if you follow me. I'm about to give you a better example. A lot of people, um, a lot of people, when I, when I talk to them, right? A lot of people, when I talk to them, um, uh, uh, don't realize, like, when people talk to me and they bring me their opinions, I immediately tune it out because we're not bringing any fact. We're not making sense. So I want to get a Rolls Royce. Uh, a Rolls Royce that I'm looking at starts at $250,000 for a Rolls Royce. And I am purchasing it cash through my banking system that me and my wife created because we live out what we preach. But that's not the point today. The point is, in 1970, a Rolls Royce 
cost $19,000. But $19,000 today cannot purchase a Rolls Royce. You would need $300,000 today to purchase the same quality of Rolls Royce. Well, you know, they got more bells and whistles. But in order to purchase the name brand car Rolls Royce um, that you could have purchased um, uh, back then. So what is that telling us? That means that back then, it's not that the value of the car increased. It is the cost of living that increased. The diminishing of the dollar, the devaluing of the dollar. And what happens? Jay, you may ask, um, uh, how do the dollars get devalued? Um, let me see if I can draw an illustration, okay? So say for an example, uh, okay. So say for an example, let's see if I can write it right here. Okay. So say for an example here. Say for an example that there are a hundred thousand dollars out in America. There's only a hundred thousand dollars out in America. There's only a hundred thousand dollars out in America. Let's just say that. And there are there are three stores. Three stores and a hundred thousand dollars out in America. The moment that America pumps more money into our economic system, say they say they put a million dollars. So now there's a one million one hundred thousand dollars in the ecosystem. Although it sounds good, America created more money or the Federal Reserve created more money and it sounds good. But what happens is when more money is pumped into our ecosystem, now these three stores we're only working with the $100,000. So they had to make their price point to be able to match the, the, the amount of money in the ecosystem. When more money is pumped in the ecosystem, now these three stores can charge 100 times more for the same thing because there's more money out there. Okay, so what is that? What is that saying? That is saying that a cup of coffee didn't increase in value just more money was circulated in the economy, devaluing the money that was currently out there, making it you have to have more dollars to purchase the same thing. And so this is what I want to tell you. So when it comes to like these housing purchases and people saying, yo, you know, listen, uh, hold on, hold on. People like, yo, you know, what I mean, like, listen, Jake, um. They like, listen, Jake, um, I believe this is the best investment for my family. What they say? I believe this is a great investment for my family, blah, 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 right? Right. You got to look at all of the things that come with purchasing a house, right? Yes, yes, Tita. So because the price point goes up, you shouldn't be quick to making a purchase. Now, what I am not saying, I am not saying to never purchase a home. Please understand what I am saying. Um, I have rules and principles that I follow when it comes to giving advice on teaching people how to purchase a home. And I'll go over that at the end of this video. 
But the biggest point that I want to bring to you is that a lot of us make irrational decisions on making large purchases that for one, we cannot afford. Please write this down. Just because you can make the payment does not mean that you can afford the uh, you can you can afford um, uh, what you're purchasing, what you're what you're making payments for. Just because you can make the payments doesn't mean that you can afford the cost. Now, Jake, what do you mean? If I spend all of my money and, and borrow money to put a down payment on a home to live in and then I'm in the home. And then I'm making payments, barely getting by just to make the payment on the property. But the hot water heater go out. The AC unit go out. I got to keep the lawn up. I got to keep the house updated so that it can be able to stay up with the purchasing power of the home. These are all things I can make the payment, but I cannot afford the cost of the home. I can make the payment. But I can't afford the cost of the home. Coach, uh, uh, this is Coach Dunn said, if you have to make payments, you probably can't afford it. That's not necessarily true. It just depends on um, it just depends on why somebody needs the cash. There is a such thing as being cash rich, uh, uh, house rich and cash poor. And so there are a lot of things that people got to understand. So like when they say, yo, AJ. But when I put my when I put my money into a house, um, then the equity grows up in a house. Right. So when the equity grows up in a house that I can I can buy a home, I can buy a home with equity already in it. What that is saying is this. What that is saying is this. You're just buying a devalued home. It doesn't mean like you're buying a home with equity in it. That's the cost of that home. The fact that you're getting it undervalued is the fact that maybe uh, uh, somebody wanted to get rid of the house or maybe the bank took up the house and they no longer want to deal with it. It's in foreclosure. Whatever the case is, there are ways for you to buy low so that you can have the true value of uh, the cost of uh, the house. Give you an example. Um. It's like buying wholesale versus buying retail when you go into Sam's Club or Walmart, right? It's, it, it, it's no different. So, so when you when you when you when you're thinking about you know making this big investment, that's people call it, but I call it a big purchase. Why? Because an investment is expectation to receive a certain type of return back on your money or back on your investment. An investment is somebody receiving some type of return back on my money that supersedes inflation. Okay, give an example. So uh, I'm I'm just going to bring you all numbers because I never want anybody to say Cousin Jake made up something. Uh, The average um, uh, um, home interest, uh, let's say... uh, Equity growth rate. Hold on, I'm getting I'm getting y'all some facts. I'm getting y'all facts. See, they keep they keep bringing up. Real estate properties. I'm not talking about a real estate investment property. See, they see they keep bringing up 
real estate investment properties. That's what they keep bringing up. See, they don't want to bring up your average uh, annual return on a personal home. They keep talking about rental properties. I used I used to know exactly where to go to. Appreciation. All right. So the average appreciation of a home from 1890 to 2018 it had the index had a value of 2 a uh, 205.07 uh, over the 128 year time period that comes out to an average growth rate of appreciation of 3.2%. Your home appreciates on average 3.2%. Then it says these four data sources then it says these four data sources show that on average historical price appreciation for the US housing market has been somewhere between 2.2 to 3.7%. Average appreciation of your home is 2.2 to 3.7%. So the average appreciation, y'all writing that down? Make sure I got that number right. Is the average, the average is 2.2 to 3 point, what was it? 3 point. point 3.7%. Right, y'all can just literally Google average, uh, uh, a home appreciation rate. Y'all can just say average home. You can Google average home appreciation rate. Average home appreciation rate. Home light says 3.9. Over the last 25 years, it says 3.9. Um... You know, you just look at it as you please. Um, right. Okay. So now that we got the average appreciation rate, 2.2 to 3.7%. Now we're going to look at the average inflation rate. Average inflation rate over the last 40 years. The average inflation rate over the last 40 years has been 2.46% the last 40 years. We had an all-time high of 23.7 in, in 1920. So the average appreciation rate in the last 40 years is 2.46%. So the average appreciation I mean, uh, average interest, I mean, uh, inflation is, say, 2.46%. Let me see if I find another source. Nope. Let's go with inflationdata.com. I like that. I like that one better. Inflationdata.com. Inflationdata.com says that the average inflation rate. It says that the average inflation rate is 3.10%.
So 3.10% doesn't sound bad until you realize that at that rate, prices will double every 20 years. So that means the cost of living every 20 years doubles. So what was $100,000 20 years from now will be cost $200,000. Was $200,000 20 years from there will cost $400,000. Was $400,000 20 years from there will cost $800,000. Are y'all following me? So the average inflation rate is 3.1%. So if the average appreciation on your home is 2.2 to 3.7%, and then the average inflation rate is 3.1%, your home is not growing in equity or value that supersedes its initial, um, uh, 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 the initial cost. What it's doing is your home is literally staying, um, it's keeping the value of its cost over time. So Jake, what you mean? So if a three bedroom, okay, let's, let's, let's go based on this math. It says every 20 years, every 20 years, uh, what we're, what we doing right now, it, it doubles. So let's look up a three bedroom, a three bedroom house, a three bedroom house for sale in, in Dallas. Some of y'all going to be like, I need to move to Dallas. Three-bedroom house for sale in Dallas. Let's go to Zillow. Okay. So these are four-bedroom. A four-bedroom. All right. So four-bedroom. A four-bedroom, three-bath. Four-bedroom, three-bath costs $475,000 in Dallas currently. Four-bedroom, three-bath. Cost $475,000 in Dallas in 60s in 1960 a four bedroom three bath would have cost it 62 we're talking about the average housing price uh, in, in America 1960s would have it cost 60 uh, oh it cost seventy thousand dollars. So a four bedroom, three bath today in 2021 costs 475,000. The same four bedroom, three bath, the, the, the same four bedroom, three bath in 1960 cost $70,000. It's not that equity made the house more valuable. It's that inflation made the cost of living go up. More money was circulated into our economy, making the cost for the same thing, same four bedroom, three bath, cost them their 500% more. 
That's the same equivalence to in 1960, gas was 30 cent for a gallon. Today, gas is $3 for a gallon. You can't say, damn, nigga, uh, I got equity in my gas. Shit, I got equity in my gas. I got 30 cents worth of gas. And then I'm going to sell it for uh, 20 years later. That same gallon going to be $3. No, all it is is just keeping up with your purchasing power. That's all that that house is. So this is what I am saying. What I am saying is this. When we understand how to truly understand money and how to properly put ourselves in positions of growth, you have to learn strategies that at least you can do more than 7 to 12% annually on your money or monthly on your money to really be able to see supernatural growth in your estate or your assets. Okay? For something to have some type of equity value, it has to supersede the cost of living. So if the cost of living is 3.8 or 3.8% right now, 3.8% is the cost of living increase. That means that your estate has to do more than 3.8% in asset growth. Whatever the difference is, is what your true equity is. This is what I am telling you. So they say, well, Jake, when I go to, when I go to the bank, they ask me, what's the equity in my home? The only thing that they're saying is, what is now the purchasing power of that house or of that property? They say, but Jake, I can go to the bank and I can get my money out for the property. That is true. You can get the up-to-date valuation or the money out on the property. However, you're still going to have to, you're still going to have a mortgage, which is a lien on the property. And you're still going to have to sign a promissory note, which is a loan on the property because a promissory note and a mortgage are two different things. You do not have a mortgage. You have a promissory note. The mortgage is just the lien that they put on your property to say that until you pay off the promissory note, um, uh, until you pay off the promissory note, they will not take the lien off of your house. That's all that it is. So you're not paying your mortgage. You're actually paying the promissory note that has a, a, lien, a mortgage on it that says you cannot sell it without the authority of who actually owns or controls that property. So Jake, so when you go to the bank and you say, hey, listen, but I can go refinance my house and get cash out. Yes, that it is true. But then that is contradictory to what you're, what most of us purchase houses for. We say that we buy homes for what? For passing down the estate to your children. For uh, uh, for giving your people, your children, some type of property to be able to own. So for you to take that equity out the house, to be able to have that money today, the purchasing power of that house 20 years from now when you buy it off, when you pay it off, or you probably would never pay it off after you refinance, it doesn't equitably make sense. Why? Because 10 years, you paying onto this property, right? You, you, you cash out, you refinance your property. Now you're getting it um, reappraised at a higher price. So now you're going to have to pay interest on a higher price. You're going to have to pay taxes on the higher price. You're going to have to pay mortgage. Uh, you're going to have to pay off the uh, promissory note so you can get the mortgage off of you 
at a higher price, which means that the cost of the cost of purchasing that over the 30 years will cost more. I know this is a lot, but I teach that in my private banking blueprint course that is NBWO. So if you NBWO, you haven't taken my private banking blueprint course, a lot of this may seem like a lot. But if you're not in BWO, you need to join BWO so that you can understand exactly what I am teaching. Because in these two books, this is all you need to properly understand the basics of finances to be able to set your family up for a killing. Now, Jake, what do you mean? I am saying that BWO is bridging wealth opportunities for our communities. So you got to understand what what goes into that. You got to understand uh, uh, the type of responsibility that we have to not doing the same exact thing as our forefathers. Ask yourself this. You've been doing the same thing as people before you. Mortgage in the house, getting comfortable in that house, trying to survive in that house, barely making it in that house, and then you go and do the same exact thing that they did before you. And then guess what happens when G-Mama pass away? Guess what happened when Mama and Papa pass away? They sell that shit. Your children sell that shit. Your children sell that shit. They sell it. They don't want it. They don't want it. They don't want it. What you do your G-Mama house, you sell it. Why? Because a lot of people out here that's talking about how much money they get in real estate is a fallacy. So let me let me let me see this real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm, let me see if real quick. Can't get your ass on here. Let's let's do the numbers game. Yo, I don't know if you can hear me. I'm driving. All right, that's cool. What's 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 the mortgage on your house? What is the uh, promissory note on your house? It was started at one ninety eight. It's at uh. About 183 $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000. $183,000.
<laughs> All right, let's say Palm Beach. So Palm Beach. Palm Beach. Hold on. Palm Beach. Uh, Three-bedroom. Three-bedroom. Palm Beach, Florida, rent house. In a, a rent house in Palm Beach. Three bedroom house in Palm Beach. Twenty four hundred dollars. Okay. In my neighborhood, so, that wouldn't be the case. Huh? In my neighborhood, that wouldn't be the case. Of. <laughs> so what neighborhood? Uh, it's in. Uh, shoot, they not they unincorporated, so it would be they counted as Palm Beach County, the whole county. It'll be uh, lower than that because it's not an area sure. where it'll be about. So your rent would be probably around like eighteen hundred, eighteen hundred if I rented it. Okay, yeah. eighteen hundred if you rented. Okay, so you don't have HOA, right? Nope. Okay, what's your home insurance? Home insurance that that just went up. That's probably about fifteen hundred. Cause um they dropped me because I had to make a claim about some damn water. It was like a pipe or something. Right. So so on well on average, what'd you pay a month? For sure. It's calculated into the mortgage. So Oh, so your home your so your home insurance, your uh, you talking about PMI. I'm not yeah. talking about PMI, property mortgage insurance. I'm talking about your actual like home insurance to be able to protect your home from buyers and shit. Uh, it's calculated into it. Uh, you got an es the escrow account got uh, everything into it. Oh, they, they added that was like an extra benefit that they added in there. Yeah. All right. So okay, let's do. Let's just say. Let's just say. Okay, eighteen hundred dollars. And then there's a one point two. There's a one point two maintenance rate that we have to incur on this property. So we're gonna do. Fourteen eighty-two your mortgage times the one point two uh, maintenance rate divided by twelve. That's one hundred and forty-eight dollars a month. You're supposed to be putting away for uh, or for maintenance or putting into upkeep of your property. So four hundred eighty-two dollars plus fourteen eighty-two. That means that that's about sixteen hundred and thirty dollars just to keep up with your house, not including nothing else. Okay. Okay. 1630 okay so now we're going to subtract the going uh the going uh we're going to subtract the growing uh rent rate there in your area which is 1800 so 1800 dollars you rent out that three bedroom too bad come on jake the 1630 20 to keep it up you're talking about 169 dollars and 80 cents in passive income from a $198,000 house. Does that sound sexy to you? <laughs> you see why I'm like, I'm like, nah, bro. I was like, and, and then to take it a step further, I'm like, I'm a seller. If you were like, you would sell and go to an apartment, I was like, let's look, there's like the equity up, cause you know the market, boom, boom, boom. There's like, it's about 240 right now. You know, you at 185. I was like, but yeah, y'all ain't calculating what I've been paying in mortgage. Yeah, and I was like, once we mind yeah. I was like, I ain't, I was like, I couldn't make $20,000 in a year. So watch, watch this. In order for you to replace your teaching income, let's say, let's say, let's just say 
4,000. We know teachers don't always get paid that. So let's say 4,000. We're going to divide that by the $169.80 that you will be getting from that property if you rented it out. So um, it'll take you 23 properties to replace your teaching income to rent out houses that look just like yours. Yep. And somebody said Airbnb. I was already Airbnb, and they want okay. too much information. They just tax now from the county. If I multiply that times $198,000, you, you would have to have $4.6 million of real estate to be able to make $4,000 net. Yep. And everybody just talk about Airbnb. This is what y'all feel to realize. Most people in Airbnb losing. Like, like this is, like, this is the, like, like. I did Airbnb, I know. <laughs> y'all be, be online looking at all these people talking about all this Airbnb shit. But you fail to realize that they make more money selling you courses than they do actually running Airbnbs. Hey, and so it was a funny uh, meme I saw, right? A lady, it was so true. She was like, uh, people be selling uh, six-figure coaching courses, coach, um, courses, but they're not telling you that's how they made the six figures. <laughs> six figures on your ass. <laughs> bro, bro, bro. Hey, pre six bro, get the hell off. Get the exit off. Now, so I can teach. I'm not fucking with this. Exit out of here. I'm not fucking with him. Because exit stops. I'm not fucking with him today. All right, so, so let's continue to do the math. Somebody said, but Jake. Somebody said, but Jake. When you renting, you getting zero percent. Y'all get zero percent. Jake don't get zero percent because Jake is about to teach you how he owns where he rents. Okay, Jake is about to teach you how he owns where he rents. So it costs twenty five fifty at the moment where we stay for rent. We're about to get we're we about to get a bigger place. So it's probably gonna be like five thousand. But we're just gonna do where we are right now. So twenty five fifty. It takes $25.50 a month for me to rent. A lot of y'all like, man, that's a waste of money. Well, it is a waste of money if you don't have a banking system. So bank, so $25.50 a month, and we don't have to worry about no taxes. We don't have to worry about no, no fixing nothing. We ain't got to worry about uh, 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 turning the knob, watering the grass. We ain't got to worry about none of that. It's just $25. What's going on, race? It's just $25.50 a month. So I multiply that times 12. That's $30,600, right? $30,600 a year I pay in rent currently. It's about to go up here in a second. But here is where it gets good. See, what most of y'all don't know is that if you pay your rent up for the year, your, your landlord or wh whoever your management company, they typically give you, they typically give you two months free when you pay up front. So you're immediately saving, you're immediately saving 25, 50 times two months free. You're immediately saving $5,100 from your rent just by paying it up, right? So we're gonna do minus 
$5,100 for the discount for paying it up for the year. So we're going to do $30,600 minus the $5,100. So you're actually going to be paying 25. What we pay is actually $25,000 from $30,000 to $25,000 over 12 months. Now we got, we got our rent down from $3,550 to $2,100. It plays out in the long run. So we're actually only bringing the landlord $25,500. Well, here's the piece that y'all don't understand. Let me show you this. So at $2,500, $2,550 a month times 12, that equals $30,600. But when you pay it all up front, they typically give you two months off, two months free, which will save fifty-one, which will save uh, fifty-one hundred dollars, which means that my rent would actually be twenty-five five hundred for the year. For the year, which is twenty-one twenty-five. Now y'all say, Jake, but again, you're still wasting twenty-five thousand dollars. No, I'm not, because what y'all fail to realize is that Jake has a he has a, a banking system, and in my policy. In my policy, I got money in here. I pull out money out of my policy. I pull out $25,500, and I pay where I stay. I pay where I stay. When I pull this money out the policy, the insurance company gives me the twenty-five. Uh, dollars from their account. I use the insurance company's money to pay where I stay. Because I'm using the insurance company's money to pay where I stay, now where I stay is in my business name. Where I stay is in my business name. I'm giving y'all the biggest game of life. So when my business pays back my rent, that is a write-off for executive living expenses. So I get to write off all of my rent because this is a part of my bonus payout. So even though even though I, I got the $2,500 from the insurance company, they give me the money to pay for where I stay. I got the discount. I, I rent in my business name or my trust name. I write it off because now I'm paying rent. My business is paying rent for the executives to stay for their living. So when it stays for the living and I begin to pay back the insurance company, for giving me the $25,000, which y'all fail to realize, in my policy, my $25,500 is still making 4 to 8%. So I'm making 4 to 8% on my $25,50 while I use their money, uh, while I use their money to pay for my stay. I pay the insurance company back. They release the lien on my, on my account where I've been making money the entire time, and I get to write off my expenses because it was a business expense.
So when I tell people, when you rent, it can be an asset. Now what I'm doing, I'm gaining 4 to 8% on my money year after year while I'm renting somebody else's place and I'm beating what you're making in equity, quote-unquote, appreciation on your home. The average home, the average home, the average home only gets 2.2 to 3.7% appreciation a year. My money's getting 4 to 8% every single year. I'm already beating your house, and I'm taking less liability. This is why y'all need to be in BWO so that you can learn and go through my course, Private Banking Blueprint, because this is what I teach. Somebody just asked, did you borrow... Somebody just asked, Jake, did you borrow from your policy? No, I did not. Don't worry about my badges. Just join BWO. If you're not in BWO, get your mama cousin in. That's actually incorrect. You do not pay yourself back. That is a misnomer in our industry. Here, there are two accounts. Let me show you. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to draw it so y'all can see it. Insurance company your insurance bank this is you see that see 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 a lot of people in the industry they think that they can play with me you can't play with me this is my life so if i want 2550 for rent from my from my policy it's just like the bank they're going to go, the insurance company, you call the insurance company, they're going to see, just like the bank, they're going to verify. They're going to verify that you got it in your insurance reserve. When they see that the money is there, they do not take the money out of your account. They put what's called a lien on the amount of money that you're utilizing. So then they give you the 25%. They give you the 25%. They give you the 25000 from their account. The money was never taken out of your account. You're still getting 4 to 8% on all of your money while you're using their money for your stay. When you pay back, you're not paying back you. You are paying back them. And every time you pay them back, they release more and more of your, they release more and more of the lien away. The more you pay back, the more of the lien they release from the full amount of your money. Now you can access it again. The biggest comparison that I have is like a credit card. If I have a $10,000 credit limit and I spend $5,000 and I spend $5,000, I got to pay the $5,000 back to get back access to $10,000. I am talking about life insurance. I am talking about life insurance. And I am talking about operating like the bank. <clears throat> because banks get their money at 0.25 to 1%. Uh, typically 3%. Uh, no, more like 1%. So banks get their money from at 0 0.25, 0 0.25 to 1%. So it is our job to put our family in position 
to get money at the same rate or get paid for utilizing somebody else's cash flow. So what am I saying? I am saying that if you're not in BWO, you are missing out on all of this information that I teach. I'm not talking about IULs. I'm not talking about IULs. A lot of people, you know, your, your, your MLM insurance provider, no offense, came and sold you an IUL. And, um, um, and most of them aren't properly created, and IULs were not created for the banking concept. The next thing, um, in the private banking blueprint course, inside of BWO, you have the opportunity to also purchase your textbook that comes with the course. I do case studies. We walk you through how to set it up, how to set your family up, how to set your banking system up. If you're already in the course, you should have been able to see a link where you can, here's case studies. You should already see, you should already see, look, more case studies. You said, if you already have the course and you're in our community, do you need to, do you still need BWO? Uh, if you want, if you want private banking blueprint 2.0, yes. But if you already have the course, you're already in my community and you already have my curriculum and you don't have a bank, you need to be reaching out to our advisors to make sure that you get set up. How much is my course? My course is uh, no price tag. <laughs> it's priceless, but you can actually tap into uh, uh, a BWO to get access to my course for as little as $350 a month. And then when you get done, you can get done or you can continue. But inside of Bridging Wealth Opportunities, BWO, our Wealth Academy, we teach you how to trade. We teach you how to build your own banking system. We teach you through private banking blueprint how to properly set your family up in structure. We also, we also teach you, we're dropping this course soon. We're dropping this course soon on how to, how to develop and create your trust. Y'all see this? Um, let me see one of them. Let me see one of them. Y'all know how uh, most, some of y'all know I always talk about like House of Jacobs. And I say you, you, you introduce, you, House of Jacobs, private trust. These are things that you have to learn. So when it comes to this wealth building thing, I do not play play, okay? We, 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 we serious all day, day. We serious all day. Yeah, that hard copy. You need to get that hard copy. The link is actually in the course of BWO. If you can't get it there, Go to jaketaylorjacobs.com or click the link in my bio to get access to the book and to the curriculum. The ebook is no longer available. Hustle Spirit said, you giving too much, too much out, bro. Get that course. Now, I'm not giving too much out. This is three years of study. My entire life's work is in this. I can talk, I can teach all day and you still won't get a lot. Let me see. Jasmine said, can you please answer my, where is the link? Link in my bio. Jasmine said, I asked, how do I, oh, hey, Jasmine. 
Jasmine said, I asked, how do I transfer my pension and my TSP over to my insurance? You need to set up an appointment with one of our advisors, absadvisors.com, or go to uh, our Instagram page, uh, at absadvisors, and then you can set up an appointment. One of the things they're going to ask you is, have you went through our course so that you have some type of understanding? Um, can we can we ask questions during the course? You will be able to ask questions, but we have a community that you can tap into where we have licensed and certified advisors that were trained from me that can be able to answer those questions. Uh, Jake, I hear you, and it makes sense for the masses though. Buying a home is buying a home is a better play versus renting. I hear you though. Yeah, I get it. I mean, listen, tomato, tomato. I honestly, I honestly, listen. I give y'all my blueprint that I use. And um, excuse my French, I'm rich as fuck. Um, God has blessed me beyond imagination. I owe nobody. I ain't got no debt. I ain't got nothing. Um, and so whatever, you know, whatever process people want to go through, they can go through. Um, but the, the name of the game is having an asset, not a home. People put too much emphasis on a home. The name of the game is to own an asset that's, that's income producing, that grows in equity value every single year, every single month, every single day, every single week. That is not subject to a home. Sorry. So I appreciate you, family, for tapping in. But it's not subject to no home. And a lot of people uh, subject their ownership to uh, a home. It's not a home. A lot of people, when do you use a trust? Uh, you typically use a trust when you have assets to put it in. Um, a lot of people like to create trust before they're ready. I'm okay with you, anyone starting up a trust and starting up the process. But the whole purpose of operating out of a trust is to get you from ownership mentality to managing and controlling mentality. Because when you manage and control, you look at what are the best assets in my portfolio. And unfortunately, the best assets in, 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 in most portfolios um, uh, um, are, are depending upon your trust, you know, what your trust, what, what you want your trust to focus on. So although like people, you know, talk about real estate and they talk about all these things, but the truth is, is that the only reason that there is real estate for people to purchase is because the big dogs eventually sell their real estate. Why? because the real estate has no in true intrinsic value long-term um, because you need liquidity to make bigger plays in life. And so if you look at like the big dogs, a lot of the big, big dogs sell, uh, sell their real estate when they're tired and they're done managing it. That just is what it is. That's just the absolute truth, whether people want to believe it or not. The only reason that there is real estate out here still available for people to purchase, especially with it being such a limited amount, is because people are selling this shit. Period and point blank. Period and point blank. One of the ladies that's on Shark Tank, she's the own properties, brokerage, the whole thing. She sold that John. Because the name of the game is asset control and liquidity. The name of the game is asset control, uh, uh, appreciation on the assets, and liquidity. That's the name of the game. So it doesn't matter what property or asset that you own, the name of the game is to control it. The name of the game is a, pre a prevention from taxes 
or or uh, losing it through lawsuits. Uh, the next thing, uh, so you got protection. So controlling it, protecting it, growing it, and being liquid. Those are four. That's the four name of the, the four things that are name of the game. Period. How do you take that money you use to get a home? How do you, how do your new, how you turn your, you can, your home is not an asset until you can rent it out, until it's making money. An asset is something that produces income or appreciates, uh, or appreciates in value where you can actually utilize the equity inside. See, we got, we got to understand, we got to understand the, 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 the words and terminologies that we use. And this is, this is one of the biggest things that I get, this is one of the biggest things that I get frustrated. This is one of the biggest things why I get frustrated when people uh, teach stuff. Because an asset is a resource with economic value that an individual corporation or an ent country or entity owns that can be used in transaction. That's it. If you can't transact it, it's not an asset. An asset has to be able to be utilized as a transaction. It has to be accepted as a transactional, as a transactional value. It has to be able to also be able to grow. Anything that you put more money into that does not grow in value is not an asset. Hey, listen, family, at the ABS firm, we teach families all across the country how to build their own bank. Yes, I said it, how to build their own bank. If you're looking to try to get out of debt, stop borrowing money from everyone else's bank without building your own family banking system, you need to get in our private banking blueprint where we literally show you exactly what we did to not only build our own private banking system for our company, but what I did to build me and my wife's and my family's private banking system so that you can be able to not only guarantee wealth for your family, but you can now learn how to be your own bank. How cool would it be to learn not only how to be your own bank, but to actually become your own bank? So go to privatebankandblueprint.com, privatebankandblueprint.com, so that you can learn 25 hours coursework, videos, questions, everything that you need. And you will also be able to talk to one of our ABS advisors to be able to set you up your own family bank. Family, this is true. It is possible. You just have to go see it for yourself. So privatebankingblueprint.com. Don't wait. You said, I, I've been trying to tell my parents exactly this. Homes are overrated if, if done correctly. Yeah. Yeah, but you ain't gonna be able to convince your parents of that. There's no way. When will this strategy not work? It won't work if you don't have income, if you don't have discipline, if you're not put properly putting money in your banking system, and if you like uh, if you like quick come ups, um, the strategy don't work for people who like quick come ups. Wish I would have known this before I decided to buy a house. Rent kept going up. Landlords were nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, every situation is a situation. That's just what the deal is. Um, and, and lack of proper preparation uh, gets you piss poor results. And that's just what it is. A lot of us are, are not prepared. A lot of us should never have left the house. A lot of us should have been a different, you know, uh, we left the house too soon. We try to be too grown too soon. And we're trying to reconfigure things. This was funny. A lot of people talk about Jake. Um, 
Jay, but when you rent, you're losing money. And this is literally what I tell them. I paid off my parent. I paid off my parents' house before I got a house. This this is the thing I be this is the thing I be telling people. Like, like everybody talk about all these assets and stuff that they own, but but me and my wife paid off my parents' house before we even own a house. Like, like, like the game I'm giving you is not the same. It's not the same. It, 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 it didn't logically, economically make sense for me, for me to go and mortgage, get a, get a mortgage lien on my note that I take out on my house. And then my parents are still in financial bondage trying to figure out how to pay off their mortgage. Like, like, that doesn't logically make sense to me, honestly. I would, I would much rather invest in people and get a bigger, I get, uh, I get higher equity, I get a faster passive passive income um, than just locking myself in the house. So when we buy a house, I'm not looking at it as an investment. I'm literally looking at it as a purchase. Usually how long is my course? It's as long as it takes for you to finish it. Over 28 hours, 30 some plus lessons. Fifteen acres. What would you do with it? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't own fifteen acres, so I can't really give you advice on on what what I would do because I'm not actively doing it. But if I had fifteen acres, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it. I pro I probably turn that bit into a, a golf course. On God, I would. I turned the fifteen acres into a little golf course. I probably turn the fifteen acres into a uh, yeah. I probably turn it into a golf course if you own it outright. Put some money into it. Turn it into a golf course. Low maintenance. You're good. That's probably what I do. Can you borrow? Money from your insurance for a bit. You can do. You can do whatever you want. This is the thing. When you build your own banking system, utilizing insurance, they don't ask you shit. You literally just say, "I need this," and they send you one paper or two or two papers. You sign it. They wire you the money the next day. You say you gonna give me a call to get this set up? No, sir. You would not, brother Stiff. Oh, sis. Steve, Steph, yeah, Steph. No, you're not calling me. You got to talk to the advisors. We got, we got, we got co-CEOs that run my financial firm, and we got well-qualified advisors. I only deal with a certain type of people. So, borrowing from your insurance, the interest rate is only one percent for payments. When you look at it, business Barbie, yeah. So, like, so, like. One of the companies we use is a 3.75% interest rate, right? But they guarantee give us 4%. So we make 2.5% off junk just by utilizing their money, plus the dividends that you get, so 3 to 4%. So while you're utilizing somebody else's money, you're still getting 3 to 4% interest on your money. It costs you nothing to utilize it. Yep. How often can you use this strategy? Well, how often can I use this strategy? I use this strategy for all of my Rolexes. 
I use this strategy for all of my cars. I use this strategy for my rent. I'm about to use this strategy for the Rolls Royce. We're using the strategy for the house that we're building in three to four years. I mean, I use the strategy when I paid off my parents' mortgage. I use the strategy. This I, I do this with everything. Mm. Is it smarter to manage land or a home? The most valuable asset is not is not the building on top of it. The most valuable asset is the land that holds the building. This is what people people put too much emphasis on the house or the building. But you don't realize that the building can be demolished. It can be beat down. It can be beat up. But the, the land will remain the same. So like the, like like give an example like like um y'all gotta understand the history of banks to understand what I'm saying. The housing market and the commercial market are the bank's pride and joy. It's like it's like creating a product that's evergreen product that you know you will forever make money off of. It was the greatest creation known to man. Uh, uh, doing uh, mortgage, uh, doing uh, promissory notes uh, for houses, and then putting a mortgage lien on it. It was the greatest uh, uh, product ever created. So it's. The house is just the product. It's the land that you want to control. Because think about it. If you owned 100 acres and a developer wants to come and build housing on your, on, your, on, your, uh, on your land, you can literally set up a partnership and be like, I bet I'm not selling my land, but I'll allow for you to build these developments on my, on my property. And then you, for every house, you got to pay me, you got to pay me, $500 for every house. Let's say $500 for every house that you put on my land. So $500 for every house that they put on your land. So say they put a development of 100 houses on your land. So 100 houses on your land, 100 times, 100 times $500, 100 houses times $500 is literally $50,000 a month. So you say $50,000 a month times 12 months, that's $600,000 a year. The only thing you did was lease out your land. You don't do any maintenance work because the people who own the homes got to keep the maintenance up. You can create your own HOA because HOA is who you can create your own HOA because you own the land. So then you can make money off your own HOA because you want to make sure that you keep the upkeep of your land together. Simple. Like, like. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, um, uh, a lot of people make a lot of these house decisions based on like emotions and shit. This is why like realtors be like, when they, when they take you in a house, they be like, doesn't this look amazing? Imagine your children growing up here. Like imagine, imagine, you know, like don't nobody like my guy. Like, no, I don't want to imagine shit. I'm not imagining that. Just imagine, just imagine all the things that we could be. Imagine all the places you can go and see. Imagination's fun for you and me. That's what, that's what we say on board. We can go anywhere. We can do anything. Make a castle by playing pretend. <laughs> you can even explore a great, great dinosaur. <laughs> and make that like, yeah, I ain't imagining that, bro. My pop's got a few cars. In Bainbridge, Georgia, he's trying to get rid of for 20 years. No real passive income. Go to abisadvisor.com to schedule an appointment with an advisor. Hmm. Okay, okay. 
I'll be making advisors mad. They'd be mad at me. I thought you said that you weren't going to get the world's worst. I didn't say that. You didn't watch the full video. You didn't watch the full video. I'm not saying I regret getting the house. I owe my car. I can make payments. I had two, two, uh, uh, 20000 safe uh, for maintenance, but I still feel not ready at the age of 38. Like, I hate it. Like, listen. Like, I don't know why society made us have to grow up by 20. Like, like who who made up that rule? Like, who? Like, really? You said, what's the name of the strategy? Private Banking Blueprint, my strategy. Um, who made up that rule? Like, let's say, right, the average person lives, let's say, to 75, like, uh, like uh, 78 now. If I say 78 divided by 20, that's like the first quarter of your life. I remember when I used to play basketball, they said you never judge a game by what you do in the first quarter. There's four quarters in a game. But by halftime, you need to have it figured out. The good name of the game is to be in the game and to get a head start, but you can't win a game until you look at your life in retrospect and see all the things that you've done. Like, I don't, I don't get, like, why people feel like at a certain age I need to be, like, who gives a flying F-U-C-K? Who cares? As long as you're good, your money's straight, your life right. See, listen, uh, I, when I tell y'all I'm a gang banger for the Lord, I'm for real a gang banger for the Lord. When God said in his word that we're supposed to have a Sabbath-like existence, a Sabbath-like rest. You know what Sabbath means? Sabbath means to have peace and understanding, to know that you don't have to worry about what's going to what's coming tomorrow because you know that you're going to be okay. So many people are in a frenzy on a day-to-day -day basis trying to just survive. I just want to be free. So I live in a Sabbath-like peace. Let me ask you, should I make friends with this older lady that own half a beach? I want this land, but she's deceased before she's deceased. I think that's really morbid. Natural gas or rice, old game. Who want to go half on the course? Uh, like records. Uh, I need to buy a lot, a lot, lots out here where I live. This has been so long. I mean, BW is worth it. Fact, fact, fact. Okay. Me too. It's older white people that own this shit and I want it. Oh my God, I love that song. They sell all phosphorus of these houses. Bro. 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 I'm still growing up at 36. Bro, real talk. We ain't nothing but big kids and with mustaches and makeup. You said, if today is the Sabbath, why are we doing technology? I'm not talking like literally like y'all's religious like, oh my gosh. A lot of y'all take like the Bible out of context, like on GP. If you live in the Sabbath, that means that every day you submit yourself to the worship of God. So I don't have to shut down everything in order to give God my full attention. If in everything I do, he has my full attention and I'm only doing what he's called for me to do. Like, 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 y'all be, I mean, not y'all, but people be like, yo, on this, on Saturday or Sunday, we supposed to just not do nothing. Like, the whole purpose of the creation of the Sabbath was to bring to light that people were working too hard and not, never stopping to acknowledge who God was, and they could never get out of the rat race. 
So the Sabbath is literally just a reflection of what we're supposed to live daily, reflecting on God's goodness and understanding not to be in the rat race. Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> that's kind of like, like when people read the Bible, uh, when they talk about Jesus, uh, whether you believe it or not, Jesus never called himself like the God, never did. He always talked about God in reflection of him. We, we turned Jesus into a God. He said, well, what people people use the scripture? Uh, I was here, like, I was here. I was, uh, they use the word, like, the spirit is God. I mean, the the flesh, God is flesh. And they use Jesus as a reference that he was there back then. He was God in the flesh now back then. But if we all are fragmented pieces of one whole God, that means that we all were there in the beginning of the creation of earth. Like, and on God, yeah, Jesus wasn't even his real name. This is the crazy thing. This is the crazy thing. Like, like people get so caught up on like things that don't that 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 they they have false under they have misunderstandings on, and you can tell by by you know the difficulties of life. Like I'll give you an example. Like like somebody asked me. They said, Jake, when you get the Rolls Royce, they said, Jake. Oh, I mean, yeah, like, they say, Jake, um, I'm, I'm going to give you all some game real quick. They say, Jake, uh, what do you say? Oh, Jake, will you make money off the Rolls Royce? No. No, it's not an asset. It's a purchase. Like, do you make money when you buy water? Do you make money when you buy lotion? Do you make money when you buy pens? Like, it's a vehicle. And based on what I have done, because I've been financially secure and I've done things the right way, When I purchase my Rolls Royce, it's no different percentage-wise than somebody purchasing a Toyota Camry. Here, here, here's another thing, and I'm gonna give I'm gonna give y'all some I'm gonna give y'all some spiritual game that hopefully will bless y'all so, like it blessed me. Um. When people be like, it costs too much to rent. When people be like, it costs too much to rent. I be like, you can't, you just, that means you just can't afford where you're trying to rent. And they be like, but I want to rent over here. And I be like, but you can't afford to rent over here. You probably need to go over here. And then they be like, well, that's just because of the state I live in. And I be like, who said that you had to live in that state? If you're living in a state that you cannot afford to live in, you need to get your monkey ass out the state.
Like, like people, like people really make life hard. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, it be, it be kind of like niggas be like, it hurts to pick up this pen, and then you keep picking up what hurts you. This is this is how most of our relationships are. You keep yourself in environments that hurt you. You keep yourself in environments that hurt you and you refuse to move away from the environment that hurts you because that's the only thing that you know. So you say, I can't afford that. And I say, then move. The look, like, move. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't afford it. That means you need to move. <laughs> Well, my job is here. Well, probably should look for another job. So what you gotta understand? Now let me give you some game. Let me give you let me give you some game real quick. Is it true that a body doesn't have life without spirit and breath? Is it true? Is it true? Is it true? Is it true that your body does not exist unless it has spirit and breath? Is it true? Y'all trying to be too deep. It's impossible. It's impossible to walk walk on this planet and not have a soul. Dalton, I understand what you're saying. But what you what you mean in the Bible, uh, in Psalms 82, in Psalms chapter 82, King David is talking to God, saying that we are all gods walking in darkness, not knowing who we are, simply meaning if you don't have the key of light, 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 like understanding of who you are and your mind is always cloudy or foggy, and you're not clear consciously and subconsciously on who you are, you're going to be walking dead. But it doesn't mean that you lack soul. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about, we're talking about your body. Is it true? You cannot, your body has no, has no substance without breath in, in a soul. Now, let's explain what a soul is. For some of us that don't understand, your soul is your subconscious mind, whether you believe it or not. A lot of people be like, "This, like, I'm, I'm trying to give y'all game." Your soul is the subconscious mind. It is the part of you that operates your entire being without you having to think about doing it. That is, your soul is your subconscious mind. Jake, how do you know this? Well, let's just go to the Bible. In the Bible, it says, uh, uh, "Jesus said." that the kingdom of heaven is within you. Well, if the kingdom of heaven is within you, if the kingdom of heaven is within you, it must be in the highest place of your being. The highest place of your being is your subconscious mind. Why? Because a lot of us are subjugated 
to the thoughts of our subconscious mind, whether you realize it or not. Your conscious mind is your active mind. Your subconscious mind is your passive mind. This is the things that control everything. Like you blinking, you talking, you breathing, you are licking your lips when you feel like it's crusty, you wiggling your toes. That is your subconscious mind. Now watch this. Now, in order for your body to operate in the way that it's supposed to, your brain needs oxygen. The Bible says that uh, when, 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 when mankind was created, God breathed life into mankind, like whoosh, breathing life into mankind. To breathe life into mankind means to God inserted his will of life inside of this body, this vessel. The brain cannot function without proper oxygen. So somebody who loses six minutes, I forgot the time frame, six minutes of oxygen to their brain, they would then be what's considered, uh, 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 they would then nine times out of 10 be considered brain dead. They would never be able to operate in the fullness of their capacity, nor would they be able to process in the way that they should. Why is that? Because oxygen, which is the breath of life, which is what we cannot see, oxygen uh, was cut off from your subconscious mind. Your mind needs to feed off of oxygen in order for it to, to survive. So when you breathe in this thing that we cannot see, this air that we cannot understand, this, this air that is around us, if you are breathing air into your body, it's allowing for your subconscious mind to be active. But what activates your subconscious mind or what unlocks your subconscious mind is what you call the key of knowledge. The key of knowledge is what activates your subconscious mind that gives you your inheritance. A lot of people, when they talk about inheritance, like they be saying the riches of God or wealth or whatever, whatever is your inheritance, and you get lost on the actual currency, like God is going to give me my inheritance, my overflow. But what you fail to realize is that when you get your key of inheritance, you're unlocking the vault of infinite opportunity. When you unlock your growth of infinite opportunity, the only thing that you're doing is you're taking the key that God gives you because you're understanding knowledge and you're understanding how to unlock your subconscious mind. Somebody who can unlock their subconscious mind and control their subconscious mind willingly, you cannot tell them what they cannot create. If you are attached to your subconscious mind, you have the ability to take things that do not exist and bring it into existence as though they are. That is the power of God. So your inheritance is not you walking out and all of a sudden money going to be flowing to you. Your inheritance is the activity of the control of your subconscious mind. When you're able to control your subconscious mind, God is allowing you your inheritance. Now watch this. When you do not do right by God, you lose the ability to tap into your subconscious mind. What do you mean? There is a disconnect from your conscious mind to your subconscious mind because a lack of understanding of self. Jake, what do you mean by that? You get disconnected from your subconscious mind when you're drunk. You get disconnected from your subconscious mind typically when you are high with not natural, uh, uh, with not natural God-created herbs. You got from other synthetics. It causes what you call fogginess of the mind. Now, this is why I say that you have to make sure that you understand your finances and your life is in order. Why? Because stress produces endorphins that get released in your body that fog up your mind. 
when your mind is foggy and you cannot think clearly, you cannot properly activate your subconscious mind. If you cannot activate your subconscious mind, you cannot activate the kingdom within. If you cannot activate the kingdom within, you cannot attach yourself and gather your inheritance that allows for you to create things that don't exist as though they are. The Bible says, the Bible says, um, um, but Jesus said in the Bible that we will go and do even greater things than even I. And matter of fact, everybody got so caught up in, in what everybody else was doing, but they didn't realize what Jesus was actually doing. Jesus was activating the subconscious mind in everybody that he encountered, which is how he could take the disciples and tell them to go and heal the land and talk about the land because he was teaching them how to activate their subconscious mind. It went when Peter got out the boat and he walked on water, whatever you believe, whether it was a metaphor, whether you believe it actually happened, what you failed to realize is that Jesus did not hold Peter's hand. Jesus was already on the water dealing with troubling times, and he was showing Peter how he can activate his subconscious mind and walk over things that trouble him. And if you cannot understand the power of activating your subconscious mind, then you will never understand the verse that's in Romans that says that we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Well, how can I be in the world, but not of the world? That means that your body is physically in the plane of the world, but your mind, what you do, you activate your mind, which is the subconsciousness of who you are. And the subconsciousness of who you are is the, the, the exact attachment to God. So when you think of great ideas and they come into fruition, these are digital downloads. It's a tool created straight to the straight to the connector, straight to the straight to the creator who is God, which means that we all are still attached to God through our subconscious mind. You just don't know how to attach yourself to it. So I said all of that to say this. I said all of that to say this. Let me address, let me address, uh, uh, let me address uh, Cousin Latina D. She said something good. She said, seek guidance on, uh, uh, on within prayer. Let me explain to you prayer. Prayer is not you communicating like, like prayer is not you sending requests to God. True prayer is like, is more like meditation. True prayer is you literally learning how to, this is why they say God prayed and meditated because true prayer and meditation is your, is you giving, giving of yourself to God. And then you meditating and unlocking and clearing up the fogginess to make sure that the communication from your conscious mind to your subconscious mind is clear. This is why, bro, it's funny how people read the Bible and don't really, like, like, like they know everybody else's scriptures, but the scriptures, like, the stuff that where Jesus was in it, right? So, like, let's, uh, let's say Jesus, Yahshua, whatever y'all want to call him. So, so, Jesus... When he was talking to he was talking to the people, he when they were praying, you know, oh God, please help me, save me, Lord, come on, help me, save me from this mess, God, God save me, save me, all these words, like like you know, like whatever these people be saying, right, in tongues. He asked them, 
Why are you babbling like unbelievers? Jake, what does that mean? To continue to pray over something as if it had not happened, so it's much more disrespectful to God than anything. Because if I am operating in my true existence, I only have to say something one time for me to have control over the certain situation. This is why, this is why like, if you look at Jesus' works, right? He went, he went and saved Lazarus. But what people fail to realize is that, because I'm taking you all to the Bible, right? What people fail to realize is that Jesus didn't go in there and pick Lazarus up like this. Jesus told Lazarus to come out the tomb himself. See, what you got to understand is that activating your godhood is understanding the importance of doing for self. See, you cannot, you cannot activate your inheritance if, unless you are willing and have the knowledge to be able to do for self. So Lazarus, Lazarus wasn't saved by Jesus. Lazarus had to walk himself. He had to get up out of his dead state himself. We all are in a tomb of darkness. But when God says for you to rise out of darkness, you have to get yourself out of darkness. Nobody can help you get out of darkness. Nobody can come in and, and, and come and make you get out of darkness. You have to have some type of self-understanding of who you are to know that you can will yourself from death. Uh, a brother, brother, uh, brother, uh, brother Dalton said, People are, he doesn't believe, he says something about the soul. Now, this is when that comes into play, right? The soul, the soul, everybody has a soul. Everybody has a soul. But the soul cannot truly be activated in its fullness until you have a true understanding of self. Having a true understanding of self activates the God that is within. The God that is within doesn't wait or depend on anyone to get anything that he or she wants to get done. Therefore, if you are still waiting on somebody to come and save you, you are not activating the God within. See, Lazarus, this is why Jesus, when everybody was, uh, Lazarus' sisters was coming to get Jesus, and Jesus, uh, and Jesus was over there uh, talking about, hey, chill out, I'm going to get to him when I get to him. It's because Jesus understood that all he had to do was tell Lazarus to get up out that tomb-like state, and he would rise out that state. Here's another example. When the lady that came and took, everybody liked to use this and preach. Oh, my gosh. Pastors preach this like crazy. They'd be like, it came and touched the helm, and Jesus saved her. No, no, no. The touching the helm of Jesus was the, full, was the fulfillment of the activation of the faith that she had um, and, and getting to where she needed to go. The, the, the woman that touched the hem of Jesus that was bleeding, she was healed the moment that she believed that she could be healed by just getting into the presence of a man considered holy. This is the thing you understand. If she did not activate her own do-for-self mentality, she never would have been able to be able to put herself into a position so that so she can be accepted, so that she can be fully clear. Like here go another example. You go to another example when you talk about the uh when you talk about the lame man that couldn't walk for 20, 30 years. He's sitting there and Jesus literally asked him, Do you want to be healed? The lame man said, What you mean? Jesus said, I'll ask you again, do you want to be healed? The lame man, the lame man couldn't walk. He said, Yes. Jesus said, Well, pick up your mat and walk. And the lame man said, Okay. He picked up his mat and walked. Jesus didn't go and say, Asalam alaikum. Uh, 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 bam, pow, and the man was able to walk. Jesus asked him, "Do you want to walk?" The man said, "Yes." Jesus said, "Well, pick up your mat and walk." 
the moment that the man believed, it activated his inheritance to tap into supernatural things that your subconscious brings into your life. So what you got to understand is that whatever you're feeding your spirit, which is your mind, you will either block or create more barriers for you to get to your inheritance, which is your subconscious mind, or you will begin to tear down walls, tear down boundaries, and unlock doors that will allow for you to have clear communication with your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is the most purest version of yourself. Your subconscious mind is literally what tells you not to do something, and that's the discerning spirit that you hear in your ear when you're doing something that is out of line, which goes back to the point that I am making. Which goes back to the point that I'm making. God is mathematics and science. If you cannot activate your mind, you cannot tap into the fullness of God. That's it. That's it. That's it. And this is why I had to get up out the pulpit. I was preaching every Sunday, y'all. Sorry, I, was... I missed that. See? Could you say it again, please? Siri, listening. This is why this is why I had to get out the pulpit. Because because the convicting belief that God gave me was in contradiction to what people wanted to be preached behind the pulpit. So I had to I had to leave from preaching. I love preaching. I love preaching. I like to cuss. I like drinking my own version of communion. But I had to get up out that pulpit. Because most people in the word of God teach slaveship, not Godship. Most people uh teach uh uh most people uh teach slaveship. They preach slaveship, not Godship. Jesus confirmed the word of David calling us gods. Jesus. Christians, I ain't never heard no pastor preach that. Never. And they biggest thing be like, if it ain't in the Old and the New Testament, it ain't true. Well, Jesus confirmed it. And then he said, uh, when he was talking to the Pharisees and the people that wanted to kill him, Jesus said, I'm the son of God. Do you consider it blasphemy? They said, we, uh, do you consider it blasphemy that I sound the son of, son of God or my works blasphemous? They said, we don't consider your works blasphemous, but we consider you saying that you're the son of God blasphemous. And, they got, and, and Jesus said, if you can see God, I'm paraphrasing, if you can see God in my works, then that will show you that I am who I say I am. I am who I say I am. Jesus was literally going around activating people's subconscious minds to think for themselves. Like, people like to put Jesus or Yahshua, whoever y'all like to call him, like, y'all act like he was with religion. He was not rocking with religion. Yeah. Uh, Jesus confirmed in John chapter 10, verse 34. If you go to John chapter 10, verse 34, you will see Jesus confirming Psalms 82.6. John chapter 10, verse 34, Jesus out of his mouth confirms that we are gods. Liturgy. 
He, and that was also repeated in Old Testament, Psalms 82.6, who was David, who was a man after God's own heart. So how can a man after God's own heart and a man that was the Messiah of that day in that time, how can it, how can they be of different times and say the same thing? Let me tell y'all, I gangbang for the Lord. Let me tell y'all something. I gangbang for the Lord. Every, every, like, 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 it's impossible for somebody to tell me, like, debt is good. When I literally read in the Bible that uh, uh, we're supposed to be lending out the borrower, that a borrower is always a slave to the lender. Like, how can you say you believe in the word, but you don't believe in the full kingdom and all of the blessings that come with it? See, when you talk about inheriting wealth, like, like the wealth and the riches and the gold. God is not talking about coming in all of a sudden putting gold and riches in your motherfucking face. What he is saying is he's going to activate inside of you the will to be able to create anything that you want into existence. So now I've got gold. Now I've got assets. Now I've got control. I've got control over my life. And you know why? Because I activated the inheritance of God that was within me. Chapter 10, verse 34, that was Jesus. Psalms 82, 6, that was a King David. And it also says in the word of God that, that if you are in debt, that on the seventh year, you're supposed to be debt free. It, it says that on the seventh year, all debts are supposed to be wiped clean. Why do y'all think our credit, the credit bureau, has to release debt after seven years from reporting on your credit report. They're still going on biblical doctrine. Like, it's crazy how many people refute the Bible but don't realize that the Bible is a living word. It's a manual that we're supposed to be indoctrinating in our life. Like, like let's even look at the people Jesus hung with. Jesus didn't hang out with no squares. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't hang, Jesus was hanging out with the most influential people and entrepreneurs of that day. Like, y'all be trying to act like Jesus was broke. Jesus had a whole accountant that betrayed him. Like, who walks around with a treasurer and an accountant and broke? Y'all waiting on some sky daddy to give you some sky heaven. I, 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 listen, I don't know about the thereafter, the hereafter, but I know about the here. And I'm going to live my heaven here. And it, when, when I get to the after, I'm going to live it there too. But as I'm here, I'm going to operate in the, in the parameters that God has for me. So when people be getting these 30-year debts and these 10-year car loans, and I'm like, yo, the Bible already said that you're going to be in debt, and now you want to take a loan past seven years? Bro, this is why you're struggling financially, and God was not, is not opening your inheritance. Your inheritance is your ability to think crazy things and bring it into existence. The highest form of godliness is, create, is creation. The highest form of godliness is creation. And the only way that we can mimic who our God, who our Father truly is, is to be able to bring things from our mind and pop it into existence. I'm looking at a Benz right now. 
This Benz was in my mind, but it's now in my driveway. I got Rolexes. I had Rolexes in my mind, and God showed me ways to be able to add value to the marketplace. Now, where I'm on my watch. God had in my mind, I, I said, the type of woman I want to marry. She wasn't existing at the time in my ecosphere or in my area or in my environment. But I, I believe that God was going to bring me a certain type of woman. And therefore, I'm married to that woman. And she got my son and she in bed right now. I, I had an idea in my mind what my company would look like. Our eight-figure conglomerate that I talk about. Let me see if it's in here. That y'all hear me talk about all the time. That's debt free. Let me see if I see them sweat napkins at. I don't know what I did with them damn things. Shit. I wrote this. I wrote. I wrote on seven napkins. I wrote on seven napkins. I wrote on seven napkins what was in my mind and who I was going, what the business was going to become. The how, the how does not matter. God, God had in his mind to create the world. He didn't then say how, he just got moving. Official business says, I just went and read it. All facts. I'm telling y'all, I, I bring all facts. I don't play with you. I bring all facts. I don't play with you. What you got to understand... What you got to understand is this. Let me show y'all something. Let me show y'all something. Y'all worrying about, see, I'm giving y'all proof. Y'all are worrying about, see my wife put the date on here. Y'all are worrying about the how. See, the Bible says to write it down and make it plain so that those who see it can run with it. Now, Jake, what are you saying? I am saying that it ain't no spooky, wooky, wooky to it. Somebody put the, the verses right there. Okay, it's, it's, it's above purple haze. It ain't no spooky, wooky, wooky to it. The Bible says to write it down and make it plain so that those who see it can run with it. Why is that? It's because what you're thinking in your subconscious mind, the Bible says that what is loosed in heaven is loosed on earth. What is bound in heaven is bound on earth. So in my mind, my subconscious mind, my heaven, if I think I can't do it, it won't happen on earth. But in my subconscious mind, my heaven, I believe with all my heart and I have all faith that anything that I think will come into existence, matter of fact, it already has, time just has to catch me up. That means that now whatever I think is now loose in heaven. 
The only way it can become a reality is if I verbally say it. So I'm taking it from spiritual, mental, the unseen, the unheard. And I'm making it verbal and I'm bringing it to this existence. But when the Bible says to write it down and make it plain so that those who see it can run with it, it is giving us instructions that what we hear in the spiritual, we need to write it down in the physical because once I write it down, it becomes law. Man, I'm teaching y'all something. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready, man. Y'all not ready, man. I'm trying to give y'all the keys to taking your life to the next level. I'm trying to bring you in to Easter weekend that always changed every weekend. So they don't, they, they don't even know when Jesus rose and when he died. Because the, the day keep changing. The, the, the day just keep changing, hell. So, 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 the reason why, the reason why God gave Moses commandments to write and made them law. It's like the court of law. Y'all got to understand. Y'all got to understand. Y'all got to understand that God is a God who is just. So God operates by law and order. God operates by law and order. This is what makes him just. In the word of God, it says he respects principle, not person. God says he respects principle, not person. This is why if you go and kill somebody right now and you plant a healthy apple seed into the ground, an apple seed can surely still grow even though you committed, you committed sin by murder. Because God respects principle of his law, not the person who's doing the law. This is why God said the wealth of the righteous is stored up in the hands of the wicked. Because the wicked operates in the principles of the laws of God while we're still waiting on some sky daddy to come save us. Listen, I gangbang for the Lord. So people be like, Jake, I want what you have. No, you don't. Because what, and what I have means you have to be in true submission to the will of God. You can't want what I have and not be in true submission to the will of God and, and, and gangbang for the Lord like I do. So, so you, 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 you don't want my stuff. You want the fruits of me, but you don't want the labor of me. You want the fruits of me, but you don't want the labor of me. No, ain't no, ain't no spook God, okay? All right. So. So, the Bible says to write it down and make it plain so that those who see it can run with it. God is a just God. This is why, even today, if you have communication with somebody, you have to have something written down and identified as, as official communication between somebody. This is what's called a contract. This is what's called a contract. So when God tells you to write it down and make it plain, he is trying to tell you that he's trying to put you under contract. Ooh. 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 God is trying to partner with you in this journey of freedom, but you don't want to put him and put yourself under contract.
So when God says to write it down and make it plain so that those who see it can roll with it, you cannot hold anybody accountable if there is no contract to hold them to. So they can't say what is true versus what is false if there is no contract to hold them accountable to. Do you know what holds you accountable to your spouse? It is called a contract. Do you know what holds you accountable to your mortgage lien? It's called a promissory note, which is a contract. Do you know what holds you accountable to your job? It is called a contract. Do you know what holds you accountable to your business? It is called a contract. So God is trying to get you to write a contract with him, but you are refusing to do your part. You're refusing to do your part. So people be, people be talking all this shit about the word of God that comes from that Bible, but my entire life is because of the words that's in that Bible. Because I took it literal. I took it literal. I didn't look at that word of God and say, man, this is some... I said, God, how this Bible is supposed to be the living word. How can I make this word live through me? And I began to take the principles of the word of God and make it applicable to my life. God is trying to put you under contract, but you refuse to do your part. So you can't, you can't be mad at God when you refuse to do your part. It's like God promising you the world. And then he says, write it down and make it plain so that those who see it can run with it. And you telling God, I don't need to write it down. I don't need to write it down. I'm good. Appreciate you for telling me. And then the same idea God gave you, he gave to somebody else. And the first person that gets that idea on contract is the first person that God blesses. Y'all don't want to hear me. It's like a trademark. You can have the trademark in your mind. But the first person who gets the contract to own that trademark owns the idea. God is trying to get you to submit to getting him on contract and doing Now, let me tell you about a contract. Because God is just and God respects principle, not person. God will do his part when you complete yours. Whew. See, God cannot grow an apple tree if you don't first plant it. God cannot give you a baby if you don't first uh, uh, either embrace the seed or as a man, you plant the seed. God cannot help you in the business if you don't first plant and start the business. And so what God is trying to do, God is trying to get you under contract so you can do your part so he can do his. Mm. Yeah. God is trying to get you under uh, a contract. Um. Now, let me tell you 
uh, how God works. I'm going to tell you how he works. It's kind of like building a house. You have your timeline that you say, okay, I want to build my house by this time. I want financial freedom by this time. I want true abundance by this time. I want overflow by this time. And just because you wrote it down on the contract doesn't mean the contractor has to accept those terms. Jake, what you mean? Uh, it's called a negotiation. See, 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 when you're doing business, when you're doing business and you put a contract in place, if who is ever bringing the contract alive cannot get it done in that time frame, you, in fact, will not be able to negotiate those terms. Jake, 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 what you saying? What you saying? Uh, uh, God cannot make you a millionaire if you don't have a million dollar foundation. <laughs> Boy, you giving me downloads today. So a lot of you are asking in your contract for God to bring you a million dollars in one or two years. Um, but you're refusing to do the foundation work to be ready for a million-dollar estate. See, you cannot build a million-dollar estate on a on a on a five-thousand-dollar foundation. Mm. <laughs> see, I don't want to talk today. See, 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 y'all like to follow all these people that don't, that don't serve no God and don't talk about no God in their life. Y'all like to follow these people who like to take all the, all the credibility and all the, the glory for what they're doing. I see you following somebody, your cousin, who will always give glory to God. I ain't talking about no, no, uh, I ain't talking about no universe. I ain't talking about Mother Earth. I'm talking about the God, the creator of the eos. I'm talking about the God who breathed life into you. I'm talking about the God who allows for you to do stuff. Okay? Back to the lesson. See, 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 when we, the Bible says to write it down and make it plain so that those who see it can run with it. I knew I knew That in order for God to be able to uh, do his part for me in the contract, I had to first be willing to do mine. So I wrote it down and made it plain. So look, my wife wrote all this stuff. Family will produce a million in profit. Each year, that can be passed down through generations. 200 uh, luxury apartment. This is what we're talking about, uh, apartments that we want to do. With it, right? The family, Jacob's family, come by, like, boom. Okay, all right, look, y'all see this, right? Watch this, watch this, watch this. When, when we wrote it down and we made it plain, 
We gave ourselves plenty of time to become who we wanted God to bring to us. We wanted our first million dollars of profit to happen by 2025. But, but, but let me tell you what happens. Depending on how deliberate someone is of getting their job done will determine how soon God can do his. So if every time something in life uh, continues to stop you from working on your foundation, you are foregoing or furthering God doing his part. Let me, let, me, let me break it down. In real estate, if you got people who their number one job is to break ground and do foundation, but they keep stopping and starting. They keep stopping and starting. They keep stopping and starting. And the weather got to be perfect in order for them to work on a foundation. What was supposed to take a year, now is taking four years because of their lackluster uh, a commitment to the job. Mm. Um, uh, 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 lackluster uh, commitment uh, uh, to the job. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the, the people who build the house can't even start building on the house until the people who do the foundation sets the foundation. Okay. God just wants you to set the foundation so he can build the house. He wants you to set the foundation so you can build the house. So if you are a good contractor, uh, if you are a good contractor, let me tell you what happens. If you're a good contractor, you give yourself enough time, or if you're a good uh, uh, a coach, consultant, you, you never give you never give short time where you can't fulfill your obligation. Where now, who you're in contract with, they're irritated with you. What you realize is that when you write your goals down and you claim God's existence over that, you are now in contract with God. And the reason why God stops giving you, uh, uh, stops blessing you in abundance is because you keep breaking the contract. Why would God continue to give you overflow if you have bad credit in fulfilling your obligation? See, you got to start rebuilding your credibility, your credit. Y'all trying to build credit with the banks, and I'm trying to build credit with the man who created the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, uh, y'all trying to, y'all trying to build credibility and credit, uh, uh, with people operating, uh, in a world that another being created. I, I want, I want to build my. I got, I got credit with the Bank of the Kingdom, not credit with Bank of America. I got credit with Bank of the Kingdom. Be okay is my bank. Be okay is my bank because I'm a be okay. The bank of the kingdom is going to make sure that you be okay. Now, 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 let me continue. So when I write, when you write your goals down, it's like writing a contract. And you got to give yourself enough time just in case things happen. You got to give yourself enough time just in case things happen. Now, watch this. Now, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. The name of the game is to under-promise and over-deliver. So, so when I wrote this down, I didn't have enough belief in myself that I could come through like I needed to. So what I did was me and my wife, we wrote down our goals.
By 2020, we want to have 250,000 in net profit. By 2022, we want to have a half a million dollars in net profit. By 2024, we want a 750,000 in net profit. By 2025, we wanted a million dollars in net profit. Well, well, I stopped by to tell you that uh, what what they say, uh, 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 what what we say, uh, we ahead of schedule. <laughs> see, 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 the best thing any client or any partner could ever hear is. We ahead of schedule. See, I knew it was my job to build a million-dollar foundation, but it was God's job to increase the value. Y'all are missing it. See, the problem is y'all are trying to do God's job and refusing to do yours. See, you're trying to increase the value before you do your own foundation. God wants you to do the, the foundational work because he wants to get glory on the build-out. Have y'all noticed that the companies that come in and they, they, the companies that come in and they come break the ground and do the foundation for the house, they don't get the credit the builder does. God just wants you to be the foundational guy, somebody who never gets any glory, any credit, who is the unseen, uh, uh, and God wants you to do set the foundation so straight that the builder gets all of the glory. See, it's the builder who gets the credit, not the people who do the groundwork. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'm preaching on IG, so it's okay. See, when you go into a neighborhood, when you look at the houses above ground, you never say, who did the foundational work? You always say, who is the builder? See, because on contract, when you're telling God what you're going to do first, and you wanted him to overflow you, supersede you, and grow you, what you have to understand is that you're asking him to be the builder. You're asking him to be the builder. So if you're asking God to be the builder, you need to submit to being the foundation. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and the reason why, uh, the, the reason why, uh, the reason why y'all keep stopping and starting and stopping and starting and, and, and stopping and starting is because you trying to be the builder, uh, 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 but you never set the foundation. <clears throat> yeah, I got I got badges, but I didn't get on here for badges. I gave on here. I came on here to speak the word of God to y'all. I didn't I didn't come on here for no badges. 
I came on here to give y'all the badge of life. I came on here to, uh, to give y'all the badge of the kingdom. I came on here because y'all can't pay me what God can pay me. You hear me? Y'all can't pay me. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> so, you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? ready? So, so, God never asked for you to build your life. God just asked for you to set it. Because God cannot move in, on unsettled ground. He said it in the word of God. God said, I can't handle nobody that's lukewarm. I'll spit you out. God said in James uh, chapter 1, verse 2, it says, you, consider it, you should consider it joy to go through trials and tribulations for, that, uh, for the trials and tribulations of life, the winds of life will make you stronger. It will endure your faith. So what God is trying to tell you is that until your foundation is set, he can't bloom. He can't grow you. Can't grow you until you set the foundation. God said in his word, he said, uh, an unsettled man, like un uh, 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 an unsettled man, like your mind, a double-minded man is unsure in all his ways. It's like, it's like a ship at sea, just moving on the water. God cannot handle dealing with no foundation that's unsettled. Why do you want God to build you a guaranteed legacy on unsettled foundation? Huh? Huh? You want God to give you a guaranteed legacy. And guaranteed a uh, 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 generational wealth and, and guaranteed relationships. You want God to build this immaculate estate, but your foundation is the foundation of a, no offense, uh, trailer park. It won't happen. This is why, this is why. God requires us to write it down and make it plain. But when you write it down and make it plain, remember what you write down, God is going to hold you to it. So be careful what you write down because God is going to hold you accountable to it. Be careful what you write down because God is going to hold you to it. So when I wrote down, when I wrote down my commitment to God with my wife, I wrote down, we wrote down in contract what we were willing to give up for what we were asking of God. So I'm going to go over with you. We talked about our code of honor, the Jacob's pride. We said our family name will be one of high integrity. We will be intentional in all things. We will strive for excellence in all that we do. See, this is my family's code of honor. We will not succumb to pressures outside of God's will. Our family will be one after God's own heart. What's our family creed? 
We are committed to positively impacting the world by freeing one family at a time. What's our family colors? Army green, black and khaki. Why? Because we at war. What's our family line? Animal line. The Jacobs estate will include. Listen, I had to do my part. It said the Jacobs estate. Let's look up the Jacobs estate. It said the Jacobs estate. See, 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 see. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't, y'all ain't, y'all ain't, ain't talking about nothing. Y'all ain't talking about nothing. Because, because I'm going to show and prove, <laughs> not show and tell. I'm going to show and prove, huh? Huh? It say, let's go back. Let's go back. It says, it says, it says, it says, the Jacob's estate will include. I had to remember what I was telling God. Jacob's estate. I'm talking about trust. These are things that I, I, I had to make sure. I said, God, what am I missing in the contract? Because when you get a contract and you, and you have an agreement on doing something, you got to do your parts in order for the other person to do theirs. So, 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 so Jacob's estate. Yeah, yeah. See, see, we wrote that down in 2016, 2017. The Jacob's estate. <laughs> Oh yeah, we had we 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 had to write it down and make it plain so that when we see it, we remember what obligations we asked. Because let me tell you something. The Bible says, in the Word of God, God says, uh, "Try me in this." <laughs> the Bible says, "Try me." God says, "Try me." So, so what do you do? What, what do you do when you have a contract? What do you do when you have a contract? When you have a contract to hold somebody accountable to, you now hold them accountable to something. You now hold them accountable to what's on the contract. As my brother Chris Cole said, uh, uh, I don't want to ask you more of what you, what, what, what you agreed to do. So when you write something down, be careful what you write down on paper because you're writing down what, 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 God is, what God is going to use as you said you was going to do this. And how many times do you get mad at God, but you're the one who keep breaking the contract? Yeah. Yeah. You the one who keep breaking the contract. Yeah. You keep breaking it down. So, so I didn't just write goals. No, 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 no. We just didn't write goals. We, we talked about an action plan on how we're going to make sure that we're doing our part. Because what good is a contract if there's no descriptions on what you're going to do? Hmm? Hmm? Huh? What good is a contract if there's no description on what you're going to bring to the table? I said, God, I, I can't bring no millions of dollars. I can't bring that, but let me tell you what I can bring. Uh, 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 from 2018 to 2028, this is the year. Our title in this, this stage of our life is financial freedom. We was going into 2018. We wrote this uh, December 31st, 2017. Our subtitle to this 10-year period that we named it, we call it living a limitless life. 
What was our mission? Operation 26, to help 26 families create a multiple six-figure income, which will ultimately help break the back of poverty. We did that. <laughs> we did that. So when I'm talking to God and I'm negotiating our terms, I say, God, I, I help more than 26 families. As a matter of fact, I over-deliver. God, I, I help more than 26 families become six-figure earners. God, 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 I, I increased it. I said, I said, I said, 26, we, we helped over 26,000 people uh, of giving them a kingdom principles that I'm, that you're teaching through me. I, then I described, then I described, then I described the mindset I would have, tough love. I will always keep tough love with the people, God. I said, I said, increase expectations. I'm going to always increase my expectations of myself daily to make sure I'm getting the best version of myself. I said, I said, God, I ain't going to waste no time. I'm going to spend every waking moment of my life getting better no matter who it is. I don't care who it is. They're not going to stop me from progressing. And this is Jake and Ashley united in the cause. I wanted to do a million. I wanted to do a million in net profit by 2025. In net, I'm not talking about revenue. We're talking about a million in net profit. After expenses, after everybody get paid, I had, the goal was in 2025. The goal was to have it done in 2025, but because I did my part, God brought that in year 2020. Net profit. See, it was my job to set the foundation, but it's God's job to build the increase. And the problem that we're having, we're so kingly and we're so queenly and we're so big God energy and little God energy in this, that you trying to be the builder when God never asked you to be that. So you have unnecessary pressure that you put on yourself that God never asked of you to do. God never asked for you to put that pressure on building. He just said, set the foundation and move the hell out the way. Because the person who sets the foundation still gets paid. The builder sells the value. The Bible says, uh, uh, well, no, this ain't the Bible. This is, uh, I feel like this is in the Bible, like something like, uh, I forgot, I forgot what I was going to say. I can, I can give y'all Bible lessons over and over and over. But let me tell y'all something. I plan this life. I plan this life. And you know what I did? I wrote it all down. 
I wrote it all down. The exact blueprint I did, I gave y'all the blueprint. Everything, kingdom blueprint, how to set it up. I, I gave y'all the blueprint. Write down your family colors. Why? Because I'm telling you what worked for me. What's my family colors? Army green, black and khaki. Come on. What, what we talk about, the family animal. Why am I telling you to do that in the private banking blueprint? Because I did it. Family animal. What are our aims? What's our vision? What's our mission? What's our motto? Here's our family creed. What's our code of honor? Our values right here, our code of honor. This is it. This is MBWO. This is the full blueprint of life. From building your family to understanding how to build your own bank, understanding how banking systems work, understanding how to management over ownership with Dr. Miles Monroe. How to manage your life. So let's, just look, let's just look at this, what's in this private banking blueprint. How to manage your thoughts. How to manage negative people. How to manage your legacy. The Bible says that your, your name should mean more than silver and gold. This is telling you, God is trying to tell you that there's another level of currency when your name is the currency. Yeah. Your name is the currency. Yeah. Yeah, that legacy management, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, y'all see this? Y'all see this? This ain't no this ain't no little children's book. Everything that I've done in obedience to God is in here. I give y'all the blueprint. There's a course that go with this. 36 lessons. Over 28 plus hours that goes with this textbook, MBWO. Well, well y'all heard me talking about, y'all heard me talking about, uh, Y'all heard me talking about uh, the houses, right? Now look at this. Now look at this. Don't rob the, Look. Y'all look at this. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see when I break down the houses. What bankers do. Cash flow. Jake, how can I use this function to get out of debt? 
Look, question. Jake, I thought we were using this so that we can get, so we won't be charged interest. Look, Q and A. Look at this. Question. One thirty four. Look at that. I think it's in the front of the book. Uh, oh, this ain't the other book. I added to it. Yeah, I added to it. I added to it. Anyway. Anyway. So, uh, yep, when you finish, um, yep, that's the book in my bio. But y'all can actually get the course in BWO. How do I get the book? And I'm already a BWO member. You can click the link in my bio and purchase the book. Or in your BWO portal, um, when I'm teaching, when I'm teaching, there's actually, when you click inside one of the courses, there's actually a, a link where you can just go straight and buy the, buy the book. This is my first ever book where I statistically and scientifically and spiritually prove how debt is the number one cause of death in America. How debt is the number one cause of death in America. Right here. I prove it. Right here. So, I'm tired now. Um, I was tired, boss. But I hope you all got immense value. When did you add the book? I don't know what that means. I've always had the book with the curriculum. I've always had the book with the curriculum. Y'all just didn't purchase the book. The book don't, uh, the book don't, um, We're good. Drink some herbal green tea. I just want to go. Uh, is there a class on how to tap into self? Um, I, I, I guess I, I don't quite what you, get what you mean, how to tap into self. But listen, I love you all, and there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. Peace.